Hey, it's Curious City reporter Adriana Cardona Magigad. A few weeks ago, I went to El Paseo Community Garden in Pilsen. They have this amazing beehive there. It produces honey for the community. Noah Fraser is a local beekeeper, and he showed me how he usually takes care of the bees. Here, feel the weight of that. Wow. And it turns out it's a lot of work to keep bees. Here, do you want to hold him? This mm. is a male bee. He knows it's a male because male bees don't have a stinger. He can't sting you. Oh, really? Yeah, so just gently hold him with your fingers like on top and the bottom. You can feel the vibration of his wing muscles. Noah isn't the only person into bees. Katie Aram and her mom Andrea Beatty are trying to create an ideal habitat for bees in their Naperville garden. Katie is the type of person who pays attention to nature's more simple moments, things most people don't stop and observe. One of our favorite things about bees is like Sometimes you'll just find them taking naps on flowers, wiggling its little butt and leg like it was dreaming. It was the most beautiful, like, cute thing ever. She even picked a name for a rare bumblebee she saw in her garden last summer. It would be buzzing around and have, like, the, you know, giant amount of pollen around its legs, so I started calling it cowboy pollen pants. But this summer, she and her mom noticed the bees weren't showing up like they had in the past. So Katie wrote to us. Where are my cute sleeping bees at? I've not seen as many this year. Now, bees are essential for helping us grow the food we eat. So if their population is declining, that would be a big deal. So is Katie right? Are there fewer bees in Illinois this year? That question is hard to answer. Here's why. Local scientists tell me Illinois still has a lot of bees, but some species have gone extinct while others are doing just fine. Still, these bee experts say we should be worried about the bees, especially species native to this area. They're under constant threats from climate change, our manicured lawns, pesticides, urban development, and the introduction of non-native species of bees. And they say, if we don't make some changes, we're likely to see bee populations decline over the next few decades. More on all of that coming up. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. I went to meet up with Terry Misley and Alan Mulambi at the James Woodworth Prairie in Glenview to learn more about what's threatening the bees in Illinois. They spent a lot of their time observing bees. If she's lucky, she will be next year's queen. This is what we call a foundress at this point. 
Terry is a nature photographer who likes to document bee species. Alan is a biologist, and he oversees the conservation of the prairie. Before we get into all that science stuff, Terry and Alan wanted us to know a few things about what type of bees you can find here in Illinois. Here is Alan. A lot of the time when gardeners, you know, look at bees, uh, it's important to remember the real question is which bee. And the bee that people notice in the gardens is the, is the introduced European honeybee. But there are tons of bee species out there besides the honeybee. Worldwide, there are about 20,000 species. In North America, there's about 4,000. And just in Illinois, about 500 native bee species. So you see that? What kind of bee is that? Yeah, that that's a bumblebee for sure. And uh, let's see. That's a bumblebee called Bombus impatiens. At first sight, it's just a bee. But if you look closer, they're pretty neat. This one had black and yellow hairs, and it's a little bit bigger than the average honeybee. As we've lost other bumblebees, these species have quietly picked up the slack. And if you're growing tomatoes in Pilsen or back of the yards, it's not just bumblebees, it's that species doing it. If you don't have Bombus impatiens, you will not get any tomatoes, period. Okay, so as you can tell, we still have a lot of species of bees around here. But remember, they're under threat. So let's talk about the first one, climate change. Extreme temperatures are driving a bumblebee decline in North America. Warming climate is a problem for bumblebees because it tends to compress their range from the south. They don't tend to go as north. They don't tend to move as north as quickly as they lose range in the south. And that means you won't find these bumblebees in as many different places. There's another problem for the bees that's related to climate change. Too much water, as in rain and flooding. One big thing is this year we had a very long, cool, wet spring. And that's a challenge because it'll delay flowering uh, if bees are out early and expect the resources to be available. That could mean trouble, he says. That extra water causes another problem. Because most bees nest in the ground, if there were flooded areas that stayed flooded for a while, that could be, a, that could be trouble too. So you could have a, a lower population of that. Stressor number two for the bees. It's the way we tend to our lawns and gardens. Keeping a you know, manicured green lawn and having one little plant there, you need to establish populations of things. And the native bees usually prefer native vegetation. And it's not just our manicured lawns that are a problem. The gardener's own practices can affect whether or not the bees make it from one year to the next. So one thing the gardens like to do, and this famously produces arguments among gardeners, is they like for the winter to take down all the canes and clean everything up, get rid of all the old scrap stuff, get rid of all the old wood, and then maybe burn it in a brush pile. But doing that, you guarantee that almost anything that nests in twigs is going to be gone. It won't survive. Another thing gardeners do that can be challenging to the bees is tilling the soil. A lot of bees nest in packed soil. And most gardeners see that as an opportunity to plant something. So the first thing they'll do is they go out there with a shovel, they will dig up the soil, and then they'll look for an opportunity to plant something. The third threat to the bees is the use of pesticides, which all bee lovers hate. If your neighbor is really spraying or the mosquito abatement program is overzealous, that can really put a hurt on populations of all insects. Including bees. 
Same with homeowners, if they're spraying the, their yards a lot too. So that, that's a big problem too. Not to mention the large-scale use of pesticides in agricultural areas, which also kills bees over time. Bees can be harmed by spray drift reaching their nests. And lastly, there's another big issue, introducing non-native bee species like honeybees to local ecosystems. Terry and Alan say a high honeybee population can potentially compete with some bumblebees because they are going after the same resources. They can also bring parasites with them and many commercial honeybee keepers are into the big business of pollination. The real economic value of honeybees is uh, pollination services. That's where everyone makes their money. The pollination business involves buying bees to help pollinate plants that eventually stock our grocery stores with tomatoes, blueberries, oranges, almonds. You truck a semi-truck full of uh, honeybees to uh, Florida for citrus season. You've probably just been to California for almond season. Then it's getting kind of cold, so you bring it to the Dakotas to overwinter, and then you do it again. Every time you unload those trucks, you have extremely strong people unload those hives. You make thousands of dollars. Moving bees around stresses them out and contributes to the spread of parasites, Alan says. Bees like stability. They thrive in natural habitats. But climate change, the use of pesticides, the way we garden, and the business of pollination are endangering our bees. So what can we do to help improve the outlook for the bees, especially our native bumblebees? That's coming up after the break. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Katie, who asked this week's question, is trying to be a responsible gardener. She and her mom have a variety of native plants and flowers in their front and backyard. Yeah, try to plant a whole diversity of things, mostly. I love food and I want to eat all the things, but then a lot of do some companion planting with it too, so it's some different herbs and flowering, uh, flowers like marigolds and cosmos with it too that will attract different pollinators and uh, beneficial insects to eat the, the pests too, so we don't have to use pesticides and herbicide type things. We don't want to hurt the bees. That's what experts like Alan, the biologists, want gardeners to do. Use natural pest control species instead of getting a pesticide. If you want native pest control in your garden, number one, you have to be tolerant of a few herbivores. Yes. They're going to be there. To the who? You have to be tolerant of a few things that are eating your plants. They also want you to leave those twigs there. Don't remove them. The bees need them for nesting. Alan says having a diversity of plants and flowers is important. If you don't have a variety of native flowers, you'll have a harder time seeing bees. So in our yard, we're planting sunflowers every year. 
Sunflowers actually accumulate specialist bees that only visit sunflowers. And for those of us who aren't into gardening and don't really think about bees, except maybe to flick them away so we don't get stung, well, the experts and naturalists I spoke to said we all need to be paying closer attention to what they do. We can't take this free natural pollination service for granted. We only see the value when it's taken away. And we want bees to keep doing what they're doing for years to come. Because without them, we might not have the variety of fruits and vegetables we love to eat. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Jason Mark and Joe Desault produce the show. Alexandra Salomon is the editor. Maggie Sibet is our digital and engagement producer. I'm Adriana Cardona Magigad. Thanks for listening. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.